Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. TCK Potters, happy Thursday. Sky and Daniel back with you previewing the week seven games and their fantasy implications. As always, make sure you email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on the IG at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag TCKPod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. this guy right here where you have a man-to-man right here you see he gets penetration right there you know when you run away from him he's gonna run you down yeah, he's one of those guys who will get penetration yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs> that's when you want a medicine back stuff get that back his hands are so big and strong in fact they get penetration on both sides there's two footballs on the field and then when they wear those powder blue uniforms oh. man that is it how can you lose a guy six feet five at 305 pounds? When a center goes to block you like that, you can't punch him. Daniel, how you doing, brother? Good evening. Doing well, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You, uh, uh, yesterday's podcast that we're uh, we're somehow halfway through the fantasy season already. Or, or seemingly, you know, so Almost. week yeah, seven yeah, here yeah. is about there. Yeah, man. Um, 
it, it just seems like a couple of weeks ago we were just all kind of craving doing, you know, five mock drafts a day and just, you know, scratching, <laughs> scratching <laughs> and clawing to get to get to opening day. And all of a sudden we're, we're halfway through it here. So this is definitely the time of year to be uh, looking ahead on your schedules and, and um, you know, planning for bye weeks and planning for trades, other things. So, um, and, you know, you and gotta, I got to stay alert this time of year. And I am officially in week one of my fantasy basketball season. So it's already that time of the year, amazingly. Um, but, uh, smokes, yeah, so, so, so navigating multiple sports here and having a good time doing it. So uh, run me through your first couple of picks in, uh, in basketball. I haven't done a basketball draft in like 10 years. I'd probably just go full homer and just get all the Warriors. I did get a couple of Warriors. So my first round pick was Steph Curry, who – Fell to me at pick. I had the 11th pick in the first round, and inexplicably, he fell all the way to 11. I have no idea how that happened, but I was extremely pleased. Um, so is he? Is he like? Is he like the Todd Gurley? Or I would imagine like LeBron James is probably Todd Gurley, right? The number one this year. I mean, LeBron went number one in our draft. My number one was Anthony Davis, just in terms of all around, okay. all around sort of all category production. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, LeBron James is high, obviously, um, uh, um, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is high. James Harden is always up there. Um, but yeah, so those are gen- tend to be the top guys. Um, so I got, Ste- I had Steph on, I had Steph as number seven on my ranking and he fell to me at 11. So I was pretty thrilled. Um, sure. and then it was, a, it's a deep league it was a 14 team league. Um, so uh, so, but, but I could turn around in the second round. I got Paul George, who's a, who's a fantasy monster as well on Oklahoma city, ton of points, ton of steals, ton of three pointers. Um, who else did I get in the first several picks, uh, Tobias Harris, who's going to be kind of the main guy on the Los Angeles Clippers, pretty much the lone Ranger over there. Cause they don't have a ton of talent on that team. So all in all, I'm pretty pleased with my team. I'm winning my week one matchup currently. So we'll see how it goes. Excellent, man. Well, best of luck there, and uh, I wish you well on your on your NBA fantasy teams. Um, so let's uh, let's get into the week seven here for the football uh, fantasy leagues. And uh, as as per usual, we're just going to run down the week's slate here and give some fantasy implications on these players and get through it. Uh, let's start tonight in Arizona. Uh, we have the Broncos on the road versus the Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and take the the uh, uh, Broncos on this one. Um, uh, you know, this definitely has the has the potential to be sort of a slugfest. But I do um, like a number of the Broncos, at least a few of the Broncos fan- fantasy players in this matchup. Um, particularly, I'm loving Philip Lindsay in this one. He's still sharing snaps with the other two backs, but he's had uh, double digit points in all of his five full games. Uh, he's led the Denver backfield in touches in all of those games. I think he has a good chance to put up pretty impressive production this week. Um, and Emmanuel Sanders, obviously he's been the better receiver in Denver, but in particular, Arizona has not given up a ton of production to opposing wideouts, but they have done given up a ton of, uh, uh points to fantasy, uh, fantasy receivers in the slot. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders is a good bet to be, to be an absolute machine this week on the other side of the coin. I'm staying away from Case Keenum, obviously. Um, and I'm staying away from Demarius Thomas too. Uh, in general, he is somebody that has proven that he requires a touchdown. Um, if he doesn't get a touchdown, he has been has been in the wide receiver seventy something uh, in in Oof. a lot of those weeks. So so um, and he's Arizona has allowed just two touchdowns to opposing opposing wide receivers. Um, so so I'm I'm staying away from Demarius in this one. Yeah, fair enough. And on the on the Cardinals side, I'm 
you know, there's not much to fire up, but I'm feeling really good about David Johnson. I think yeah. so many people have been have been waiting David Johnson out. I think this is potentially a breakout. I mean, we saw 300 yards from the Jets. We saw 200 yards from Todd Gurley uh, last week against this Broncos defense. Um, Vaughn Miller's kind of come out publicly and straight up said, like, quote, like, we're going to whoop Arizona's ass, <laughs> which I think he has to say. I mean, this, this Broncos defense, I think, is getting – I think this Broncos defense is getting, frankly, embarrassed. Um, they came in 2-0 and on the season. They've been getting slapped around the last couple of weeks. They had a lot of pride there, but they're definitely missing some pieces from years past. They're not as uh, dangerous as they used to be. And for, for Arizona, not many weapons on the uh, offensive side of the ball. But I think David Johnson has a nice game. They have to feed him. They have to feed him. I don't see Case Keenum running away with this. Therefore, they should have a run game for Arizona. They're at home. They need this win if they have any chance of being competitive this year. And they can get it, I think, against the Broncos potentially if they feed David Johnson. So big day for David Johnson. And otherwise, man, I, I think Christian Kirk uh, yep. could have a nice He's game. A I think um, – I think he is a flyer because I think, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, we've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks with uh, Larry Fitzgerald and things. Um, and, you know, RIP, the, the fantasy legend, uh, as far as, you know, fantasy leagues go. But um, I think in real football terms, he's still out there. And I think that he's going to draw Chris Harris Jr., who is uh, easily the best um, defensive back there for mm. the uh, uh, Denver Broncos in the slot there. So I think that he's going to be on. Larry Fitzgerald, which is going to leave open Christian Kirk potentially. And if that's the case, I think he could have a big day as well. So not many options here, but if you're firing up anybody from this game, it's definitely David Johnson, of course, who I think can definitely you know turn it around starting this week and possibly Christian Kirk as well. Yeah. The other guy I'm throwing out as some, someone of a flyer, if you're in need of a tight end, is Ricky Seals-Jones. His role has started to increase a little bit. He's coming off a season-high five receptions. Um, Denver has been the ranked 30th in points giving up, uh, or excuse me, yards per target to opposing tight ends. So, so Regan Seals Jones might be somebody to think about if you're in dire need of a tight end. Hmm, fair enough. I like it. I like it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's move on. This next one's in London. This is our second, uh, second one in London town here across the pond, and the uh, Chargers are hosting ish the Tennessee <laughs> Titans. This is kind of a, a faux home game. Uh, for the Chargers. So um, Titans and Chargers across the pond in London. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take the Chargers. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't love a lot of players in this matchup. Obviously, you're firing up Melvin Gordon because he's ridiculous. Um, and you're firing up Keenan Allen because he's he's sort of, uh, even though he's had a slow spot, kind of something of a slow start, uh, he's he's still the, the the lead receiver over there. There's no doubt about that. But other than that, I'm, I'm staying away from Phillip Rivers in this one. Um, I just think Tennessee likes these sort of ugly games. Um, and in general, they tend to be stingy with passing points, with allowing passing points. Uh, and so you could see this as being something of, of a grind them out, slugfest sort of games. And as such, I'm staying away from anybody that's involved in the passing game in San Diego that's not uh, Keenan Allen. So Tyrell Williams, Austin Eckler, Mike Williams, um, I would be, be kind of – trying to leave those guys on the bench if I can. Sounds like Travis Benjamin could be back in the lineup. How's that do for you? Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't inspire a tremendous degree <laughs> of confidence. I remember, I, I think I've, I've taken flyers on Travis Benjamin so many times in various leagues. I've drafted him at times, picked him up off the waiver. This is going to be the year. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think he can be safely left alone. Fair enough. And just to, uh, just to, just to catch you, because I, I feel like it's my job as the host – 
Uh, once again, you mentioned San Diego Superchargers. I'm never, I'm never, <laughs> I'm never gonna get that right. Good lord. Um, I, I, I don't, I can't remember a time in which I've actually successfully said the Los Angeles Chargers. I will say there was just a big article about how poorly they're doing financially in Los Angeles, and that they would be well advised to move back to San Diego. So maybe, just maybe, I'll, I'll get my wish, and they'll actually become the San Diego Chargers again at some point. Dude, it's 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 a. Uh... It's bad. It's really, it's bad. really bad. Really bad. Yeah, they got a serious problem. But they're going to try to make it work because they don't want to admit that they've made a colossal mistake. Uh, well, of, of course. So, so we'll see. But it, I think, in all actuality, they would be best served by moving back to San Diego. But anyway, it's not particularly fantasy relevant at the moment. But uh, no, to, no, totally. But but, yeah. but I actually, I, I actually caught caught wind of that too, and it sounds like the Rams, who you know, of course, were in LA for uh, for many years um, years ago. Uh, they kind of already own the town, right? So for uh, for you know San Diego to move up the street into LA, I think they're kind of getting the stiff arm there, if you will, and uh, people aren't really feeling it. So right, we'll right. see what happens there for the next couple of years. But hey, you may uh, you may be right with the San Diego Chargers here in the next couple of years, anyway. So keep keep rolling with it. It's cool, man. I, I do it all the time too. I just gotta bust your balls when I can. Um, okay, so uh, lucky for me, I get to speak about the Titans. Um, so we'll move on to the Patriots and the Bears. <laughs> uh, so Corey, Corey, Corey Davis uh, is getting fired up. If you have him, if you don't have better options, you fire up Corey Davis. Uh, otherwise, I would stay away. Once again, I mentioned last week, um, you should bench all four running backs in that Ravens and Titans game. And I was three for four. Uh, Alex Collins actually had a decent game, but Buck Allen didn't do anything. Deion Lewis didn't do anything. And um, Derrick Henry didn't do anything. I think this is more of the same for the Titans, at least. I don't see anything happening on the productive side here. Uh, it's a long road trip, um, and I don't I don't see it happening. So I would bench everybody on the Titans offensive side of the ball, but I would fire up uh, Corey Davis if you must. But, uh, you know, Marcus just doesn't doesn't look right, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So that one's in that one's in London. Next up back here in the States, the uh, 10 a.m. slate. Kicks off with the Patriots and the Bears in Chicago. Yeah, I'll go ahead and take Chicago on this one. Um, I, the only guy I'm, I guess, truly in love with on this offense right now is Tariq Cohen, um, who after a slow start, he seemed to have found his role um, as as an elite pass catching back and, and potentially maybe even taking a lot of the running game as well, given what we've seen from Jordan Howard. Um, so we'll see. Um, but so I'm firing up Tariq Cohen. Um, and you know, uh, Allen Robinson's fine. He should probably be something around his baseline. Um, I'm staying away from Jordan Howard flat out. Um, it seems like his floor is just like nearly bottomless at this point. Um, he's just receiving very few targets. Um, uh, he's, you know, he has to find the end zone to be able to have any value at all what, uh, whatsoever right now. So I'm staying away from Jordan Howard. I'm also staying away from Troy Burton. If I can, I know tight end is not exactly deep, but um, but he's, I think his true floor is lower than what we've seen. He's had some reasonable touchdown luck that's made him seem a little bit better, but um, he's averaging just 4.6 targets per game, which is pretty yucky, um, three receptions per game. Um, so in general, he's not somebody that I'm overly excited about right now. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, uh, I think it's pretty, pretty easy on the Titan or mm-hmm. Titans, um, the Patriots side. And again, I'll, I'll, I think I'm just going to make the same comment I made last week. Uh, I know that Chris Hogan had a decent game, but I'm still worried about him. Um, I'd fire up everybody on the Patriots except for Chris Hogan, even yep. against the Bears defense, who 
somehow last week was absolutely dismantled by Brock Osweiler <laughs> and the Dolphins. Um, which I'm looking, I'm looking at the uh, the stat line here for the Bears uh, Bears defense in fantasy. So their points against 24, 17, 14, and 10. So going down each week, the first weeks. Then they had their bye. They came out of their bye on the road to Miami, gave up 31 points to the Dolphins right. and Brock Osweiler, no less. And they've had, let's see, they've had four sacks, six sacks, four sacks, four sacks in the first four games, had their bye, no sacks at all last week in Miami. Mm. Um so just That's rough. not feeling – yeah, it is rough. It is rough, and and I don't right. think it's going to get any better. Even at home, I don't think it's going to get any better with Tom Brady. I think the Patriots are starting to find their find their stride. I think the narrative of the Patriots coming out soft in uh, September I think is is true. They do it every year. They did it again this year. But, uh, you know, we're deep in October now. Um, and I think, uh, I think Tom Brady is finding his, finding his seat. I think they're going to, I think they're going to take it to him to be perfectly honest with you. And, um, just a, just a quick note here, as far as the bears defense, there's not much to talk about with defenses generally in fantasy. Um, however, I think the bears defense is, is, is good enough, uh, to save if you can, if you have somebody on your bench who is just a way deep option or a second, this and that, whatever, drop them, maybe keep the bears defense. Um, obviously they're going to be tough. So if you can stream somebody else over the Patriots game, that would be ideal. But the bears do play the jets and the bills coming up in the next couple of games. So you're going to want to fire them up uh, for sure. So you don't want to drop them and then risk somebody else scooping them up on waivers for free. So just a quick note there on the bears defense. Moving on, the Bills and the Colts. Uh, yikes! Um, oh, game there. Yeah, man. I mean, who? who yeah, go ahead, choose one. <laughs> I'll take the Colts, I guess. Um, I'm loving Eric Ebron. Um, the dude has been absolutely smashing as a tight end um, in a, in a position where just there haven't been that many people smashing. Um, uh, he's definitely somebody you're firing up every week, uh, at least, especially while Jack Doyle continues to be sidelined seemingly indefinitely. Um, he's had just a ton of targets, a ton of catches, ton of touchdowns. The dude's been amazing. Um, I'm a little worried about Andrew Luck this week, even though he seems to have kind of found his stride, uh, basically just through unbelievable volume over the last several games, um, even with a, just a disgusting receiving core. Um, but, but the Bills are stingy to quarterbacks. Um, they've, they've held five consecutive quarterbacks below their seasonal average. Um, and those are not necessarily pushover quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and Philip Rivers, uh, and add Marcus Mariota, who's obviously not super well um, to that. But nevertheless, that's a that's a pretty impressive group of quarterbacks that they've managed to stifle. Um, so so I'm passing on Andrew Luck. I'm passing on Naheem Hines, who who I've been kind of in love with over the past several weeks. But with Marlon Mack coming back, uh, Hines played his fewest percentage of snaps. Since game two, or since week two, um, in general, he had just five touches. Uh, and it's, it's possible that as a, as a favorite at home, his pass-catching role may be somewhat diminished. So I'm not necessarily loving, uh, loving Naheem Hines either. Um, I'll go ahead and leave it at that. I th- just a thing to match. It seems like T.Y. Hilton is going to play, but uh, just make sure to kind of watch his status. If he doesn't play, Chester Rogers becomes kind of a flyer. Uh, but it seems like we're going to get to see T.Y. Hilton this week. So that's good news for them and for fantasy owners. Sure. And uh, on on the Bills side, uh, you know, I mean, I guess we need to talk about LaShawn McCoy because we have to cover somebody. Um, 
LaShawn McCoy hasn't been terrible uh, in his own right. He had 24 carries, 85 yards two weeks ago. Last week, 16 carries for 73 yards. Um, no touchdowns at all. Hasn't scored one touchdown this year, um, which is just, that's I mean, crazy. that's just because the, the – well, the Bills just don't move the ball. I mean, that's not really on him. No. Uh, but the Colts, the Colts defense, who is not exactly um, wonderful, uh, the Colts defense has allowed the 10th fewest yards per carry to tailbacks. Wow. So. We can. We'll see what happens here. I mean, the Bills are on the road. The Bills play much better at home, as we've seen the last couple of weeks. Um, so you know they're at home in the dome. I think the Colts uh, bring it to them, and uh, you know Derek Anderson getting the start here um, for uh, you know I think over um, Peterman uh, for the injured Josh Allen. So I don't think there's anybody else. I mean, you know, Zay Jones had a had a brief appearance last week in the stat sheet, but I don't see that happening. I, I just I refuse to talk anymore about Kelvin Benjamin and <laughs> um, Ch- Charles Clay. I think you know did really well with Terod Taylor, but I don't think he's an option. Um, you know, moving forward at least right now. So I think the lone bright spot there is LaShawn McCoy kind of, and in this game could be effective, but I just don't think there's much to do. Although again, uh, you know, I'll bring up the defenses once again. I think you could fire up both of these defenses, frankly, um, against each other here, because this could be uh this could be a turnover battle uh, with, with both of them. As many stats as, as Andrew Luck puts up each week, he also gives over the ball quite a bit. Last week, he threw four touchdowns and uh, three interceptions. So that Bills defense is legit, and I, I said on Tuesday's podcast that the the Bills defense is kind of disguising how horrendous um, the the team is overall as far as the offense goes. So uh, they're actually getting some wins, but those wins are behind that defense. So I think the defense could be sneaky here for the Bills. Mm-hmm. But we will move on here. Texans and Jaguars. Jaguars needing to bounce back big time at home. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you talk about the Jags. I'll go ahead and talk about the Texans. I'm not loving really anybody in this matchup. Obviously, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins is playing. Uh, KK Kute is, is something of a flex play. Um, but I'll, I'll particularly talk about the guys that, I'm, that people are, might tend to start, but I'm very concerned about. And that's one of them is Deshaun Watson, who uh, just monitor his health. If he's fully healthy, you can kind of bump him up a bit. But I'm very concerned um, as his injury factor kind of made him or this injury kind of made him uh, uh, really struggle uh, in terms of the running game, especially uh, he's going to need his legs against a defense that has notoriously been struggled against running, uh, excuse me, quarterbacks who run. Uh, he gave, they allowed 82 yards on the ground to Dak Prescott, 51 yards to Marcus Mariota, but they have been stingy for, for passing. Um, though they haven't been the juggernaut, uh, the Jags haven't been the juggernaut that they were a year ago. They've still been plenty strong. They've only allowed more than 234 yards once this year. Um, so, so he's going to need his legs in order to have success. And if he's banged up, uh, he might not necessarily have that. Um, and because of that, I'm grading the non-Hopkins receivers down quite a bit too, especially Will Fuller, who just hasn't been receiving very many targets. Um, and obviously, I don't think, Sky, I don't think I need to tell, talk to you about Lamar Miller. Um, uh, Please. Generally, <laughs> generally, just somebody to avoid. Uh, unless you are in serious trouble or have major bye week issues, but um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the Texans. Dude, I'm about to start an Alfred Blue Deontay Foreman campaign. I'll make like oh a Facebook. God. I'm gonna make a Facebook page or something and just just get some hype on this. Um, <laughs> yikes! See, my problem is really quick on the Lamar Miller garbage. My problem is I accidentally picked him up like four years ago when he was on the Dolphins. 
and he ran for like 200 yards or something, right, or he right. had like, he had like 160 yards rushing and 113 receiving or some dumb thing. He scored like four touchdowns that game. It was just a complete outlier, like smashed. Right. And I picked him up. So I wrote him out the rest of the season. He was like average ish. Right. Well, that next year I kept him as my keeper in the, in the eighth round and he completely shit the bed, but he was a running back and I had to keep him. <laughs> and then for over the last couple of years, I'm like, well, the talent's there, which every coach also says so here he is on my fantasy team and i just completely blew it dude i really pride myself in making good decisions whether they pan out or not fine but like on the research side of things i feel like i make pretty accurate decisions this was dude this is a full-on oopsies (laughs) and i'm i'm paying for it now dude i'm very disappointed in myself and i can't get rid of them we'll see yeah i can't get rid of them i can't i can't sell him so anyway sorry i get i get fired up on lamar miller and hopefully you know here here's the deal i'm gonna bench him and he's gonna get his three touchdowns or whatever and just throw it in my face but anyway um yeah regarding so yeah good Um, exactly uh so to your point on the texans really quick before i get into the jags um they are playing the jaguars defense which we all know uh got kind of dismantled last week against dallas um i think dallas is playing much much better than they were in the beginning of the season that game was in dallas so uh certainly not in the outdoor um you know uh, uneven elements that jacksonville likes to have so it was in that uh you know jerry world controlled climate there of of the big dome in dallas i think they just got caught off guard early and and it Dak and Zeke really took it to him. So I don't see that happening this week. As you mentioned, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is definitely injured. Um, and that running back core is, is rough. And that line is terrible. I think the Jacksonville defense really goes after him. And, and, and uh, the Texans have allowed the highest pressure rate in the league on that offensive line, which is just devastating for an injured quarterback already. So worried about that on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I mean, I I don't know, like, like there's four receivers you could start, but I don't feel good about starting any of them because whoever I start, a different guy is going to break out. There's, you know, Yeldon, if he's good enough to go, uh, don't really feel good about that. Jamal Charles, who I absolutely love. He's kind of the the other Frank Gore, you know, like, yo, respect and, and power to one of the fantasy legends of all time but he's over the hump for sure. Um, last year or last week, he had five carries for five yards, not going to get it done. Um, yeah. And, you know, Blake Bortles, dude, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. So <laughs> there's a lot of weapons potentially in fantasy to start up for the Jags. I'm, I don't think I have the guts to start it in any of them to be perfectly honest. Therefore, I'm not going to recommend that any listener starts any of them either. Do you disagree there? Do you have anybody on Jacksonville you just have to throw in there? No, nobody that you have to. I think I th- outside of the defense, obviously. Yeah, outside, I think there's really nobody you have to. Like you mentioned, if TJ Eldon's healthy, I feel like you could you <laughs> throw him out there because he has been relatively useful. Um, and I think if you're looking for kind of a flex flyer at receiver – um, I, I kind of like the, some combination of Dede Westbrook and, and Dante Moncrief. Both are drawing favorable matchups, uh, particularly uh, 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 Westbrook, actually, even though he hasn't been targeted that much in the past couple games. games he draws, draws a favorable match, matchup against uh, a struggling Kareem Jackson um, of, of Houston. Um, so, so if you kind of need a flyer or a receiver, but, but really there's nobody that I'm getting overly excited about. Cool. Fair enough. Let's move on here. We've got the Lions on the road face the uh, Brock Osweiler-led Dolphins in Florida. Okay. Uh, that still, that still is, is cute. It makes me laugh. Um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Lions. I'm loving uh, Matthew Stafford this week. 
Miami's been interesting, interesting this year in that they haven't allowed a ton of fantasy points to, to quarterbacks, but that's largely been an issue of touchdown luck, and they finally kind of got allowed a top, top 12 score last, uh, last week, excuse me. Um, and, and so, but they have been giving up a ton of, of, of passing yardage. Um, so I think that's eventually going to catch up to them. And I think it's reasonable to imagine that Stafford might, might be able to kind of shred them a little bit this week. So I'm firing up Stafford. I'm firing up Golden Tate. Um, he leads the team with 10.2 targets per game. And Miami is, has a kind of a pattern of allowing a ton of yards after the catch to opposing receivers, which is really what Tate does. I mean, he catches kind of short-ish passes and runs. Um, so so he, I think that plays into his strengths. Um, on the other side of the coin, I'm avoiding Marvin Jones. Uh, I, I, he's just a guy that I'm just not excited about this year. He's just um, – you're playing for the touchdown ability. Um, he does lead the team in red zone targets. I will say that for him. But he's just not catching very many passes, and he's not – he's receiving just too few – too small of a percentage of the team targets. Um, so I'm staying away from Marvin Jones, and I'm staying away from uh, from theoretic. I don't think that's that surprising, but um, it's just something that my people might be tempted to do because uh, of the of the uh, receiving points that that Miami allows. But he just hasn't been getting touches, so I'm staying away from theoretic as well. Dude, I guess it's it's not really relevant, but I'm just I just am curious because theoretic. I mean, a couple a couple years ago was kind of like. Not one of the first. I mean, yeah, I know. you know, Jamal Charles and one of those. But, like, he was definitely like that. You drafted him late knowing that he's not going to run the ball, but he's going to catch five passes for 50 yards every single week. He was kind of like the OG PPR running back. Is is he just is he just done? I mean, Carrion Johnson clearly is the best running back. But, like, right. has Carrion Johnson eliminated LeGarrette Blunt and, and Theo Riddick? I mean, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> well, you think that Riddick – I mean – Riddick was, you know, these guys tend to be relatively immune to to just solid running backs, right? I mean, you're seeing James White tear it up in in New England, despite the presence of Sony Michelle, uh, uh, Chris Thompson in Washington, for example. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to think about theoretic. He shouldn't be done. He's young. He's only 27 years old. Um, so there's no reason to think that he's done. It just seems like for whatever reason, I don't know if it's a game flow issue or if. Matt Stafford just hasn't. Maybe there's just too many receiving weapons now over there um, yeah. with with Tate and and Jones and especially the the kind of breaking out Kenny Galladay. Um, so maybe that's it, and there's just really no need for somebody like Riddick anymore. I don't know. I don't know what to think. He, I think he was probably due for some positive regression, but I certainly am not deploying him in any lineups uh, until he does. Fair enough. And and again, I don't know how many people these days are are you know, playing Theo Riddick per se. I just, just kind of a name that popped up. I was just kind of thinking like when you mentioned it, I was like, dude, we haven't even talked about him like one time and, and just maybe even, you know, last year, even two years ago, like the lions never ran the ball. Right. So it was always like run through the air as they say. And so Theo Riddick would get six, seven, eight, nine catches for, you know, 80 yards a week. And it just, I just realized that like, <laughs> He's just not That's doing not, it anymore. Yeah. So just, just, just kind of unique there. I just want to mention that. So, okay. On the, um, on the dolphin side, uh, well, I'll let you take this one too. play Kenyon Drake or not. I'll let you decide. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think, I think if you must, I, I still think he's, my guess is that I, despite what we've seen from Frank Gore, I still think he's he's gonna he's gonna be the player to play over there. He's still making headway in the passing game, 
He's receiving uh, around 17% of the team's targets. It makes him, I think, a better weekly option than Gore, in, 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 uh, especially in PPR leagues. Um, Detroit, in general, has been sm- smacked around by, by running backs this year, um, as well as allowing a ton of receiving points. Um, so, so I think, you know, Kenyon Drake, I do think is an interesting option, but I don't, I'm not overly excited about him. I think he's a flex play. He's somebody that you throw out if you need to, I, I will basically what I'm saying is I think he's still the better option to Frank Gore. Um, so if you if you need to deploy somebody in that backfield, I think it's Kenyon Drake. Fair enough. And, and the lions have, uh, given up the fifth most fantasy points, uh, per game to, running backs this season. So looking good for Kenyon Drake, and he's really going to have to produce this week. Uh, they're on the road coming off a big win. He, of course, fumbled. He literally tripped. Like, yeah, right. He tripped and dropped the ball in the goal line, essentially, and then somehow the, the Bears blew it, and you know the, the Dolphins ended up winning the game anyway to save Kenyon Drake. But, man, um, worried about him for sure. Uh, Albert Wilson, you take a flyer on Albert Wilson? Yeah, I think you might take a flyer on Albert Wilson. It's kind of a deep, a deep flyer, um, a, a kind of a, a deep flex play if you're really in need. I mean, he's the number. He's the number one receiver right now for for the Dolphins, whether they like it or not. I know they're 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 trying this Devonte Parker experiment, not working out. Kenny Stills is is kind of you know boom or bust, and and so far he's been bust the last couple of weeks. Right. And uh, Brock Osweiler and and Albert Wilson went bananas last week. Right. Yeah, I mean it's a fly. It's a it's he's the ultimate definition of a flyer because he's a he's a big play guy, right? I mean, if he doesn't get that big play, the seventy yard touchdown or whatever, um, he's he's likely not going to produce much of anything for you. Um, so so he's he's the ultimate definition of a flyer. He could win your league or he could give you you know a couple points. Uh, you you decide how risk averse you are. But I do like I like I like his talent. I mean, I I think he's he's a, a athletic freak um who who is is capable of doing big things but uh, i'm not ready to go totally all in i thought about picking him up in our in one of our leagues this week and i still might but uh but we'll see we'll see how it goes and last note here just because i have to mention this i'm not a big dfs guy myself personally because i just i spend enough time on my seasonal leagues and, and gearing up for the podcast and just our you know my day-to-day life i don't have time to do the dfs thing too However, I do pay attention. I have a lot of good buddies of mine who prefer DFS over seasonal, so I certainly pay attention. The million-dollar winner last week on FanDuel, I believe it was, stacked Brock Osweiler and Albert Wilson. Oh, God, are you kidding me? Would you have... Would you have the guts to <laughs> to do it again? Because the whole thing in DFS is you want to play guys that nobody else is playing, so you get that upper edge. Nobody's going to play Brock Osweiler. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I just can't. curious I, if I, you would stream them. I don't know. Enough, There's a, I don't know enough about DHD, DFS strategy to be honest. But yeah, I understand that you're trying to get somebody that is a. But I don't consider him a streamable player, really. I mean, I think there are other options that you can go for of people who are likely to be uh, quarterbacks who are likely to be underused that I think will give you a better option than like, I mean, throw out, you know, CJ Beathard's throw out uh, Eli Manning. Um, I think these guys are likely to outproduce somebody like us. Yeah. Flacco. Yeah. Flacco, especially. Yeah. If you can. Alex Smith. Yeah. 
yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll, 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 I'll drop the dolphin talk, I guess. I'm, I'm just curious. I think it's, I think it's just so funny when these guys, these guys pop out of nowhere, man, it's crazy. So anyway, we'll, we'll move on here. Um, let's go to East Rutherford where uh, the Jets host the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and take, uh, I'll go ahead and take the Vikings on this one. I think there's a lot more to talk about there for sure. Um, uh, Jesus Christ, Adam Thielen. I mean, enough said. Obviously, not just obviously stardom, but I think he's he's uh, a, a bet to maybe even outperform what he's been doing, given how what the Jets have done uh, done against opposing wideouts. Uh, they've been getting absolutely thrashed. So I'm firing up Thielen and Stephen Di- uh, Stephon Diggs. Um, I think both are likely to have big games, and I would uh, I would be throwing out Kirk Cousins too. Um, He's had been kind of in the back half of quarterback scoring in the past three, three of his past four games. But um, again, the Jets have been uh, been pretty open to to allowing big, big passing games uh, from quarterbacks. So he uh, he's he's somebody that I'm firing up. Um, the one guy that I'm 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 not bullish on this week is Kyle Rudolph. Um, he's scored mm. uh, kind of fewer points than the week prior in three straight games. He's coming off his lowest scoring game of the season. Um, he's, he has just uh, 11 or 12, like 12% of the team targets now in the season. So he's officially in the touchdown dependent territory. Um, and, and it's just, there's just too much going on over there. Thielen, Thielen and Diggs are just absolute target monsters. Um, and, uh, and I, Kyle Rudolph's Kyle Rudolph seems to kind of be getting phased out a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Totally agree. I mean, the Vikings are Vikings are crushing, man. And I agree with you that I think that they're just kind of catching their stride too. And, and you know, their running game is not even figured out yet. So I think they're going to be they're going to be monsters here coming up pretty soon. Um, and Thielen, you know, I, I think I think too because the the Jets' scheme is generally to blitz so much. I think Thielen could have an extra big game uh, just in the fact that, and this might actually turn over to, to Rudolph potentially as well. Um, the jet or the Vikings are just gonna have to get rid of the ball quickly right. uh, with so many pressures from from the Jets and, and kind of such a a blitz happy defense that you know that's I mean that's all Thielen dude you know because yeah. Diggs is kind of the field stretcher Thielen's just kind of the five yard slant guy and and he's just amazing so yeah fire up your Vikings on the Jet side um, I I mean if uh, man this is rough dude this is so rough because there's like there's guys producing that I see produce and I'm like, Oh wow. Like that's impressive. Isaiah Crowell had a good game. That's cool. And then I'm literally like, I'm still never going to start him. Yeah. Like, I would never yeah. choose to play Isaiah Crowell period. Right. Right. And against Minnesota, I know they've, I know they've been leaking points. I know they've been kind of soft. They haven't been that really dominating defense. I'm still not feeling it again. He could blow up, you know, uh, but like, dude, listen to these yard totals just week in and week out. One Oh two 35, 34, zero on four carries versus Jacksonville, 219 and 40. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, dude, he's got like 40 yards or 100 or 200. I'm just yeah. like, I don't want to ride that wave, man. Not feeling no, it. Blow Powell. Um, I think Blow Powell would be a better option here. Again, I think that the uh, Vikings are going to get some nice pressure there. And I think that Darnold's going to have to get rid of the ball quickly. Um, I think a kind of a, a deep, deep name, if you need to throw one out there, would actually be Jermaine Curse. Yeah, um, yeah we, we haven't heard much of him, uh, much about him um, in the last couple of years, really. Uh, but last week he was, uh, you know, nine catches for 94 yards. Played really well. And basically he's filling in for Quincy and Nunua, who 
up until last week, who it came out after the game that he had a hand injury that kind of hindered his performance. But Quincy Anuma, the first couple of games of the season, was actually the number one target there. So it's yeah. less about filling in for Quincy Anuma and more just like filling that spot on the team and and that role as that receiver. And I think that Sam Darnold prefers that person. So. Yeah. Yep. I kind of like Jim, or, uh, Jermaine Curse as, as, as the main option there. I just don't think that Robbie Anderson's going to be able to get behind this defense. Um, yeah. It looks like Terrell Pryor is a little bit beat up too. So well, uh, Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson just popped up on the injury report today too. So it's, it seems like like Curse is not only just in general, his role in the slot might be beneficial here, but he might legitimately be the only truly healthy receiver on that team right now. So that's something to keep, mm. keep an eye on. Yeah, fair enough. Good call. Good call there. And uh, Chris Herndon, um, the tight end, just very quickly, because it's always worth talking about anybody relative in the tight end uh, area. Chris Herndon hasn't done much this year. He hasn't had any more than two catches in a game. But last week he did have two catches, 39-yard touchdown, 56 yards total. Um, so just a, a really deep name if, if you need somebody because they are so banged up there. Uh, yeah. But I don't think this one's close. I think the Vikings take it to him. But if you need to fire somebody up on the Jets, I would probably go Bilal Powell over Isaiah Crowell. Jermaine Curse over the rest of the uh, Jets' positions, and I'd probably sit the rest of the team. Yeah. Moving but, forward, uh, moving forward, Philadelphia hosts Carolina Panthers. Um, I'm going to go first on this one, uh, just really quick. I just want to talk about the Eagles here. Yeah. I think, I think uh, I'm really, really starting to buy into the Eagles. Um, I know they're beat up at the running back position. I think they're going to get that figured out. They may make a trade. There's been talks of Le'Veon Bell and, and LaShawn McCoy, of course. I'm not going to go into much of that because we don't know anything about that, and it probably won't even happen. But the, that's something to maybe keep an eye on moving forward. But the guys that are there, Smallwood, Corey Clement, um, you know, Josh Adams even, I think are just like enough guys to get it done. Now, if you're going to fire up one of the two guys, I fired up Smallwood over Clement last week. It bit me in the butt. Two, a couple of weeks ago, I fired up Clement in a different league over Smallwood, bit me in the butt. <laughs> so it's kind of like, who are you going to go with? I think Ertz is automatic. Wentz is automatic. Jeffrey's automatic. Aguilar, not really feeling it. Um, yeah. And and I think that Eagles defense, uh, I think you could fire up. I just think they're good enough to where you don't necessarily want to drop them. Um and they have Jacksonville coming up the next week, which I just don't think they're that great on defense, so or on offense rather. So um, I think the Eagles are are uh, kind of a, a sneaky play here to have a, a kind of a breakout game for everybody against a Carolina defense that um, got you know I don't know rather exposed by by Washington last week. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we'll see. I think um, there's there's a, at least a couple of players that I really like in this matchup on on Carolina. I love Christian McCaffrey. I think so. Everyone's talking about how last week was kind of a letdown for him. Um, but, but it's still important to know that he, I think he still managed to finish as the 16th, the, the running back number 16 last week. And that just gives you a sense of how high his floor is. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's huge in the passing game for them. 60% of points Eagles have allowed to running backs have come through the passing game. Um, they have allowed a ton of receptions to, to running backs. So I think Christian McCaffrey could end up playing a huge role in the passing game um, and the running game. So he, so he to me is, is a, a good bet to have another monstrous week. And I'm actually loving Cam Newton in this one too. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in four straight games. He's obviously going to continue to add points in the rush in the running game. Um, the Eagles really struggled to contain Marcus Mariota on the ground two weeks ago, um, who is the only truly mobile quarterback they faced on the season. And 
Uh, last time, it's worth noting that last year when when they played the Panthers, Newton absolutely ran wild on them, rushing eleven mm-hmm. times for seventy-one yards and a touchdown. Um, so, so I'm I'm actually really loving Newton um, as a as a solid play this week. Um, so some of the uh, other people in the passing game, Funchess, Greg Olson, kind of business as usual. Deploy him as you see fit, but but um, really, I'm just I'm focusing hard on McCaffrey and Newton. Sure, and and even in a, in a quote unquote down week for McCaffrey, uh, you know he still had seven catches right. for 46 yards, so he does right. have a, a, an awesome floor. I think the concern there is that he had eight carries, right? You know, right which right. which is is certainly troubling. And and I think Philadelphia with Wentz uh, healthy now after a couple of games and them starting to find their their stride a little bit, I I think you know if the Panthers aren't careful here, man. I could see Philadelphia getting up early here because they do have a great defense. And if, if the Panthers are behind, the Panthers aren't really a team to come from behind and win. You know, Cam's good if he's got a lead because he's able to run the clock out and make plays and things like that. But they're not really the come from behind team. Right. So if that's yeah, the case, I, I, I could see McCaffrey potentially having to catch 10 balls, you know, because they're just not going to run it that that strongly against uh, the Eagles there. So, yeah, fair enough. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, let's move on. Uh, this one could be interesting actually for, for uh, this could be a, a kind of a terrible NFL game potentially, but um, probably a fun fantasy game here mm-hmm. uh, with just sloppy, <laughs> just, just sloppy uh, yeah, point, exactly. point, yeah, points, <laughs> points, uh, points, uh, points in abundance here. So um, we got the Browns heading down to Tampa to take on the Bucks. I'll take the Browns in this one because I actually I'm I'm deploying all kinds of Browns in this in this matchup. Honestly, yeah, but I like it. I like the it. Bucks are atrocious. Their defense is is ungodly. They just canned their defensive coordinator this past week um, already. So that will tell you what 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 kind of level of panic mode they're in about their defense. But uh, I think David Njoku is an amazing option this week. Since Mayfield has t- uh, took over as the starter in Week Four, Njoku ranks third in all of tight ends and targets. Uh, tied for third in receptions, sixth in receiving yard, yardage, sixth in fantasy points. Um, and Tampa Bay has been shredded by tight ends every game this season. Um, so so I'm, I'm loving Njoku. I'm loving Jarvis Landry. Another guy with kind of a uh, uh, something of a low floor guy. He's been kind of uh, frustrating at times, but the Bucks again, have, have are kind of a, <laughs> the, the remedy to that. Um, they've allowed a league high 8.4 receptions, 22.5 fantasy points per game to opposing top receivers. Um, and I'm b- betting on a big time bounce back from Baker Mayfield this week too. Uh, struggled, yes, sir. Struggled, I agree. struggled pretty relatively badly the past couple weeks versus the Ravens and Chargers. Um, but he, he should be able to exploit this matchup in a big way. Really, the only player, the player I'm avoiding on on uh, uh, Cleveland, and I'm sure most people probably feel the same way. Is I'm officially washing my hands of Duke Johnson. Um, we'll see. I, That's I just too he, bad, dude. He, he, I know it's too bad. I think he has talent, but he's yet to surpass six touches in any single game this year. Uh, he's just Oof. not not somebody you want to invest in. One other name I'll throw out there is kind of a deep league play. I'm actually going to be playing him in one of my leagues where I'm struggling in receiver and have a lot of people injured and whatnot is Antonio Callaway. He's been truly bad. Um, he's been quite, quite literally one of the worst receivers in the league the past four weeks. He's had horrible <laughs> issue, horrible issues with drops. Um, but, uh, but again, against a tech, a horrible Tampa Bay secondary um, that has been given points to pretty much everybody. You can just kind of pray. Uh, that Ant- Callaway might kind of, uh, at least in this game, live up to his his talent level. 
Yeah, and uh, and just a, another quick name I mentioned on the on the Tuesday podcast that I think kind of came out of nowhere, frankly, for everybody. Uh, but Damian Ratley, yeah, uh, yeah. who had six six. I mean, just a random name. You're probably not picking up. You're probably not starting them. But if you're like super hurting. You're looking for people to, to deploy. You're just looking on a random waiver wire ad. This guy could potentially have an option here for you. Um, six catches, 82 yards last week, and uh, saw you know eight targets, which is nice, obviously. And I I made a mention here too. I think that you know there's something to be said that that doesn't get mentioned much, especially in fantasy and stuff. But like if you just think about this on like a team and how a football team works. You know, they come into the year with first string, second string, third string, yada, yada, right? Well, coming into the year, Baker gets drafted, and basically they're like, we're going to bench you until Tarod's super horrible or he gets hurt. So eventually, Tyrod, you know, gets hurt and Baker comes in. But before that, Baker was basically playing with the third stringers, the fourth right. stringers, receivers, right. and things like that. So somebody like Ratley, who nobody knows about in fantasy circles, was one of those guys. And now all of a sudden he's playing because of so many injuries to this receiving core. And Baker's like, look, dude, I've been throwing this cat balls for like three months. You know, like right. I'm, right. Right. I'm ready to go here. So just, again, super deep name. And when you see these random names explode, that's why. You know, it's not like they're just randomly the best player on the team all of a sudden. It's just opportunity. So, anyway, just a super deep flyer that's probably irrelevant. But I want to throw him out there just in case he blows up so we can give him, give him some love. On the other side, uh, the Bucks. Um, the Bucks could could – they could go real nasty in this game. I think they could also you know, kind of get – Kind of get slapped around a little bit. We'll see what happens. I'm actually nervous about Mike Evans. I'll start with yep. him because I think he, he's the most – I mean, Jameis, I guess, at this point. Everybody's super stoked on Jameis and everyone's firing him up. I get it. But I think Mike Evans is the most, like, automatic you're playing him. You have to play Mike Evans. But Denzel Ward should follow Mike Evans for most of the game. And Denzel Ward is the truth. Um, I think that Mike Evans is, is going to have a tough time with him. Yep. And we saw last week Jameis put up all these numbers, touchdowns and, and, and yardage, and Mike Evans wasn't really a big part of that. So a little bit nervous about um, about Mike Evans, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I think Chris Godwin has a huge game. Oh. He scored he scored a touchdown in each, uh, each of his five games this year. Um, <clears throat> and... Again, I or I'm sorry, he scored four touchdowns in five games. And frankly, I just think he's very touchdown dependent, you know, as far as points go. But at the same time, if, if they're going to shut down Mike Evans, I think that Chris Godwin or yes, Chris Godwin could get a uh, nice game here. OJ Howard, mm-hmm. I think you can fire up. I would yeah. not be playing Cameron Bray. I think yeah. you should. I think you should make him make him prove it. Obviously, last week he had one catch for, you know, a touchdown. Um, he's had a touchdown in three straight games, but he hasn't done much otherwise. So if he doesn't get that touchdown, he's going to be absolutely nothing. And um, Peyton Barber, I guess you're yeah. going to fire up. I mean, everybody kind of wants Ronald Jones, but uh, it's not going to happen just yet. So I think you can fire up Peyton Barber. And if you're really deep to Sean Jackson, I guess, but again, he's a, he's kind of a, a boomer bust too. So um, a lot of options there kind of, but again, I think this Browns defense is, is underrated. So uh, we'll see what happens here as far as if Jameis is able to get time and, and make some plays happen. Moving on, this could be another interesting game, another game that could be a, a shootout or a slugfest, yeah. uh, depending on the we- depending on the weather, depending on which teams show up and get fired up. The Saints are coming off a bye. They head into Baltimore. Baltimore's nasty, dude. They're straight up like old school Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs type 
Ravens defense nasty. Um, of course, they they had 11 sacks last week on the Titans, um, a franchise record, the most by any team since 2011. Uh, yikes. The Ravens are nasty. The Saints offense is incredible as well. They're coming yeah. off a bye, so they're fresh. Everybody's healthy. But, man, this one's going to be this one's yeah. gonna be nasty, dude. Yeah, I think it's worth noting, too, that the, the Saints defense has been resurgent a little bit. I think they kind of sure. turned out the year really badly, and they've been better. <laughs> Um, uh, I, you know, it's funny. There's nobody in this game. I mean, obviously the, the stars you're playing no matter what, but there's nobody in this game that I feel like is going to be a significant amount better than what their sort of baseline normal, you know, kind of average game is because of that. I, I, I agree with you. I, uh, agree I mean, you. of course you're playing, I'll, I'll go with the, I'll take the, the Ravens. Um, I think you're, you're playing, uh, or at least you could play John Brown and Michael Crabtree. I think there's going to be something business of usual. Flacco represents something of a streamer. He's just something of a volume-based quarterback. I mean, he's thrown a ton of passes because um, their running game has been dog poop. Um, so, so <laughs> you know, so I think, um, you know, these are the three guys that I think you think about deploying on the Ravens. I'm staying far away from Alex Collins, if I'm honest. Uh, I think he, he managed to find the end zone twice last week, but he's going to need to do that every game if he's going to have uh, if he's going to have value. And I think specifically against the Saints, they, the Saints have, have allowed um, only 2.8 yards per carry against opposing backfield. It was pretty incredible, actually. They haven't allowed any rusher to reach 50 yards in the game since week one. Um, so I'm not going anywhere near Alex Collins. Um, some deep kind of flyers, if you're in dire need of help over on, on Baltimore, I kind of like Willie Sneed. Um, he has seven or more targets in each of the past three games, 18 receptions over that span. The Saints are the weakest on the interior where they lost Patrick Robinson for the season, leaving Snead as something that might kind of have some openings in there uh, if you need somebody for your flex spot. Um, if you do need somebody from, for the running back position, I kind of like Buck Allen. He's out-targeted Collins 30-14 to 14 in the passing game. Um, and while the Saints have absolutely smothered the run, opposing backs have been able to have success catching passes against them. Um, so, so he's somebody that I think you can think about fly, uh, firing as kind of a deep league play. But other than that, um, you know, it's going to be kind of an interesting game. I'm not quite sure what, to, like you said, it could go in so many different directions. Did you, uh, sorry if I missed it, did you mention John Brown? Yeah, I so said John Brown is sort of business as usual. He had a rough game last week, but, but we know that, he, uh, you know, what he's capable of. He's been very consistent in a lot of the other games. Definitely somebody that I think you're fine uh, firing up. I don't necessarily think he's going to have a game that's tremendously better than what his sort of average is, but he's a, he's a quality enough receiver that I think he's somebody that you can, you can throw in there. Cool. Fair enough. I just, I just, uh, I was looking up, uh, looking up things for the saints and I didn't, uh, didn't catch it there. So sorry about that. Um, for, 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 for the Saints side, um, you know, same way, uh, you play Camara, you play Ingram, you play Thomas. Um, I, Assuming you have you have another option, of course. If he's your only quarterback, do not drop Drew Brees. Don't be silly and and, and overthink this. But but if you have a Jameis, if you have a uh, I don't know Flacco in the same game, uh, if you have you know yeah, if you have I don't know Andy Dalton or something like that, you know you picked up for your bye weeks kind of a thing. I would fire up these guys over Drew Brees. I mean the Ravens secondary is is ranks number one in the league. Um, Jimmy Smith is healthy. I think the receivers and the running backs are going to get their numbers and you have to play them because they're also kind of superior over uh, their peers in fantasy football. But Drew Brees himself, I think he's outdoors. He's on the road. He doesn't play as well. 
I could see this being a Drew Brees game where he gets about 200 yards passing. He's going to get one touchdown because he's literally one away from 500. So they give him one touchdown for sure. But like 200 yards, a touchdown, maybe a pick, which is very non-Drew Brees game. But this is a super hostile environment. Um, the Ravens are, are hyped right now. Um, I think, you know, on the road, this could be nasty. So be careful with Drew Brees. And I love Drew Brees. I'm a super Drew Brees fan, but really worried about him here. Um, I would uh, take a look really, and this is kind of silly because it's, it's kicker talk, but I would take a look on your waiver wire and see if Will Lutz yeah. and, or, and or Matt Prater uh, for the Lions are, are on there. Because a lot of time people drop kickers um, on their bye week. And when they're good kickers and they're good enough, to uh, separate yourself like, uh, you know, Zerline coming back off his injury and stuff like that. Like that's worth you dropping a seventh receiver or whatever. You're never going to play for that kicker. So just an idea there. Um, Super deep names, Cameron Meredith and uh, Traquan Smith, potentially, I don't think are much in this game because the secondary is so good, but you could just kind of keep a, keep an eye on them as a potential flyer. Uh, in this game. And if you, you know, if you have the Ravens defense, I would keep them in there. I would not drop them because the Ravens defense is so solid uh, every other week. So again, I think they can do enough at home to warrant you keeping them on, on your roster. And I'll tell you right now, if Drew Brees and company do go bananas, like they have the rest of the season against the Ravens on the road, they're straight up the best offense in the league. And I would never sit any of them (laughs) ever again, because if, if they, if they can blow it up this week, I mean, they're like chiefs, uh, you know, Chiefs level. So um, we'll see what happens here. Okay, moving on. Uh, two more games in the afternoon. Then we have the two night games. So Dallas and Washington, uh, NFC East, um, divisional rivalry, of course. Uh, Washington um, and Dallas both uh, coming off of of uh, W's here. Yeah, this just generally is these two teams playing each other is always something of a fun matchup. It's kind of a, a something of a rivalry game. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think, um, you know, not that much needs to be said about Ezekiel Elliott. He has the most bankable workload in the league. league. He literally gets 50% of all of their touches, which is crazy. Um, but, uh, but just in general, I, I don't, I don't have a ton of faith in Washington's rushing defense. I think people overrate them a little bit. They've, they've been really good in terms of rushing yardage allowed, but they've, played generally their schedule has been against teams with lousy rushers um so so i wouldn't necessarily be be overwhelmingly concerned there i think Zeke is going to be amazing um i'm staying away from dak prescott he had a big day last week but it stemmed from a, a big time rushing day he had 14 career high career high rushing points after high so he, i think he got 14 point rushing points in week six after having 12 combined for the entire season prior to that so I don't think necessary. I would need to see more. I mean, if he's going to start doing that, then all of a sudden he becomes a streamer. But uh, but I, I would need to see more from him to see if he's gonna if he's actually going to make that part of his game again. Uh, his passing line ultimately was still more or less the same with what he's been doing weeks prior, which is not that impressive. Um, and of course, uh, Dallas wide receivers on a weekly basis. There's nobody to play here. Um, I think it's worth noting that that Michael Gallup is finally starting to sort of maybe get more of a role a season high 29 pass routes after averaging just 15 coming into the game uh it looks like Tavon Austin is going to be out um so so Michael Gallup is somebody to keep an eye on but he's not somebody that I would be willing to throw in there right now 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Um, I think that the uh, offense for Dallas is picking up. I think in the next couple of weeks, those receivers are going to start producing. I think, you know, Cole Beasley's doing it, doing enough, but he's not a number one receiver. I think Michael Gallup will develop into that guy. Alan Hearns gets more involved. I think um, they'll find a tight end situation. I think Dak can pick it up. And with Zeke crushing it, obviously, um, you know, they're going to have to spread the ball around a little bit. So I could see Dallas picking it up here in the next couple of weeks on the Washington side. I don't think I don't think they're going to bring much firepower to this game. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, Alex Smith is just not. He's he's more kind of Forty Nine er Alex Smith, not Kansas City Alex Smith. As of late, uh, he's not chucking the ball downfield like he did last year. So that that seems to be a product of Andy Reid more so than like the true colors of Alex Smith. Um, that being said, I'm 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 not firing up any of the uh, pass catching weapons for the uh, Redskins, and to be perfectly honest with you if you have another option that includes Jordan Reed um, right. yeah I just I, I think you know it sounds like uh, well actually can you check a report here while I'm doing this uh, can you just check on sh- check on Sean Lee um, see uh, see if he's if he's out or or not um, I don't know what the, the latest is on that but if Sean Lee is in definitely not playing uh, Jordan Reed um, and you know Adrian Peterson uh, I'm going to fire up because you know I think he's yeah. a solid you know running back too as of late but uh, that that Dallas interior is actually pretty solid man they're they're in the middle of the yeah. pack in the league and Chris Thompson you know um, coming off of a, a rib and a, a knee injury didn't even play last week you know so it sounds like he's going to play this week he's you know suited up to play this week but right. not not really feeling him. Um, I just don't think there's that many options here on the Washington side. And I think coming into preseason, I think a lot of people expected this offense with what Alex Smith did in Kansas City with all of these potential quote-unquote weapons and all this talent and Adrian Peterson coming over late and all these other things like expected a lot more from this offense. And they're winning games. They're technically, I think, first in division. But it's ugly, dude. They're not that good, in my opinion. So I would I would uh, be careful here with uh, with Washington. Yeah, I was one. I was one of them who was a huge believer in their offense, and it's definitely sure. been a disappointment so far. Uh, just to give you an update on Sean Lee, he did return to a limited practice today. It's the first time he's practiced since he hurt his hamstring in week three. Um, still, anyone's guess. I think the going belief is that they're going to opt to sit him again this week. They have a bye coming up Damn. in week eight, so I think they might sit okay. him and then give okay. him a week to just sit and then deploy him in week nine. Okay, uh, but but we'll see. It's still it's still a little early to tell. Okay, well, I mean, if if he's out, then then I think Jordan Reed is safe. But again, I mean, Jordan Reed's not even Jordan Reed. You know, we'll like see. he's healthy, he's healthy, and he's and he's playing, but he hasn't had more than six catches. He hasn't had over sixty yards in a game. He's only had one touchdown, and that was opening day against the the Cardinals. So I'm 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 concerned. I guess just overall, I just I just don't believe in it. And I think the only person producing <laughs> on this offense is Vernon Davis, but nobody's going to play Vernon Davis on a week in week right. out, right? I will so, say this: Jordan Reed did lead the team in targets last week. He had nine targets, um, and and Dallas has allowed a number of receptions to tight ends this year. So, so we'll see. I think he's somebody that you think about playing. I'm not overly excited about him, but I. Well, again, I mean, you pretty much have to. I mean, any, anybody, yeah. yeah, any anybody worth a shit at all at, at tight end. I mean, you you you're playing Jordan Reed. I'm just saying, if you randomly picked up, you know some other tight end or something like that. You've got like an OJ Howard and Jordan Reed. Like I'd, I'd look elsewhere if, if it makes sense. Okay. Moving on uh, Rams and Niners. Um, 
you've had a lot of fun on this podcast talking about all these good teams. So I'm going <laughs> to let you keep doing it. And I'm going to talk about the 49ers. I'm going to go with, um, let's see. I'm going to go with Marquise Goodwin. He is yep. pretty much my only option. Um, George Kittle. Can you actually look him up as well? Just trying to see if I can get the latest on him. You do the news and notes. Uh, so you're a little more in tune on this, Absolutely. usually on a weekly, uh, give me a, yeah, give me a George Kittle when you're ready. Um, Marquise Goodwin, I'm firing up. He, he finally looks healthy after a couple of weeks on that deep thigh bruise, uh, that he suffered. Uh, I believe the first week of the season, um, he looked really good and damn dude, he is straight up like literally like world-class speed. Um, so I love uh, Marquise Goodwin. It only takes one or two for him to get loose. He's kind of that Tyreek light. Um, so I love uh, Marquise Goodwin. I think I think that he can get loose too against um, Marcus Peters, who has has been, you know, giving up big plays actually for the Rams. Because I think what what people have decided with Marcus Peters, who's a hell of a cornerback, but his issue is he's so aggressive that he basically reads the quarterback with his eyes. Now if the quarterback messes up and doesn't look him off or something like that. Marcus Peters makes those picks, makes the deflections, and he jumps her out really well. That's why he's so good. He gets burned, though, if a quarterback looks him off or pump fakes or does something else because he's very aggressive. And I feel like Marquise Goodwin's one of those guys who could give him a double move here and there and lose him. And if Marquise Goodwin gets two, three yards of separation, it's over. We saw that, you know, Monday night against the Packers. So I think he can get one or two um, for the running backs. I mean, I think you can fire up Matt Breida because he's a, he's a quality running back, but um, I wouldn't expect a lot against that, uh, that Los Angeles front. Um, CJ Beathard, I would not be playing unless you're, you have one of, you know, maybe two, even of these quarterbacks on by, uh, this week, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, and big Ben are all on a buy. So there's definitely some quarterbacks out here that are going to need to be played that aren't usually played. Um, so CJ Beathard could be a, a deep shot, I guess, if you need to, but other than that, basically Brita, um, Marquise Goodwin and George Kittle question mark. Uh, George Kittle, it looks like he looks like he's going to play. He was limited at practice today, but it sounds like that they were just sort of managing his reps. Um, he was sort of questionable this past week, but ultimately played and didn't show any ill effects. He was on the field for almost all of their snaps, um, so he's he's I believe he's considered a safe bet to to throw in there. Got it. Fair enough. Okay. Well, again, tight end position. George Kittle is yep. great when he's out there. You're firing him up. I just I know that he was a little bit hobbled going into Monday night. Um, he didn't have a huge game, although he did play the game. Um, but I'm just a little concerned about George Kittle. So thanks for checking on that. Um, but uh, go ahead and, and take it away with the Rams. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, and it's very simple. You play you play everybody who's playing. You play Gurley, obviously. Um, I think Robert with Cooper Cup sideline, I think Robert Woods has a chance to be incredibly interesting. Uh, he's run uh, a ton of slot routes over the last couple of weeks, and he's been ultra consistent, actually, um, posting at least six catches in nine, or 90 yards in five straight games. Uh Brandon Cooks was quiet in week six after he kind of failed to practice until late in the week, but I think he's a huge bounce back candidate um, against the San Francisco defense on a short week um, that just kind of got uh, shredded in terms of big plays on Monday night. It was six receptions of 20 plus yards. Um, And of course, golf, you know, you're firing up. Uh, I think, uh, I think uh, uh, golf has a lower floor than he's sort of giving, giving, giving credit for given how the extent to which Gurley takes so many of the touchdowns, but the 49ers have been, have been, like I said, just getting kind of shredded by quarterbacks all year. So loving Jared Goff. And of course I get to have a blast now because I get to talk about the ultimate deep league flyer, uh, Josh Reynolds, 
obviously a lower floor play, but with Cup for sure out heading into the game, um, he's going to get a full uh, a full game to work against a secondary that's gotten shredded in receiving yardage. Um, so he's actually somebody that represents something of a deep league play if you're really in need of of a of a, a flyer for wide receivers. So. Uh, consider firing up Josh Reynolds. I can actually say that with some level of confidence. Yeah, man. And he uh, looks like the Rams uh, have used three receiver formations on 95% of the plays through six weeks, which is insane. Dude, that's insane. I think I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure without looking too deep here on the fly, I would imagine off the top of my head, it's probably them Detroit. uh, Who else would do that? Kansas city, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, 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 that's pretty incredible. Uh, so, you know, with Cooper cup out, Josh Reynolds will be on the field. I know that he's kind of been uh, just a running joke on the, on the podcast from the beginning. Cause you and I, which we're going to, we're going to recap all of our predictions at the, all of our predictions for the preseason. We'll do all that after the end of the year. We, we've done pretty well Absolutely. for the most part. One, one, one that we've, one that we've have both just absolutely whiffed on, was how shitty we thought the Rams receivers were going to be. <laughs> so um, that's not happening. But the whole reason Josh Reynolds came up is because we just didn't think that these Rams receivers were going to mesh. And uh, yeah. we were definitely incorrect. Just to tick off the mark there. However, Josh Reynolds could have his chance this week. We'll see what happens. The talent is definitely there. So, uh, you know, just whatever. But I'll tell you right now, man. He scores a touchdown and gets over 100 yards on buying his jersey. That'll be dope. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll be the only. I'll be the only Josh Reynolds fan outside of his family. Right. He'll be. He'll be stoked. Um, we'll get in the we'll get in the, uh, the ground early. Yeah, there you go. Uh, question for you: Are you going to play the Rams defense this week? Yes, yes, I think you are. I think you definitely play the Rams <laughs> defense. I think. Uh, I, you know, the Niners' offense is a little more interesting. I think than than we gave him credit for. I think based on the fact that I think Bethard has been a, a pleasant surprise. Um, but, uh, but no, I, th- I think, yeah, I think you got to play. I think, uh, you know, the Rams defense is, is quite good, even though they are a little banged up. Um, and, and the, the Niners are still, I think, reasonably likely to sputter. So, so yeah, you're playing the Rams D. Also, uh, making mention one more time that, uh, Greg Zerline is back for the Rams. Uh, they just cut, uh, they just released, um, Cairo Santos making, making room for, Greg Zerline. So again, go check your waiver wire if you play in a kicker league to see if he's available. I actually picked him up in a league because he was available. So just a heads up there um, that you may want to uh, you may want to go check out to see if he is available. So Sunday night football here. We have the Bengals heading into Arizona to take on the Chiefs, who almost uh, almost were able to hold off Tom Brady and the Patriots, but. Uh, Per usual, Brady makes it happen late and takes down Mahomes, but uh, certainly a valiant effort by the Chiefs. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. Uh, I think uh, pretty much everybody who, who you would own is going to be a, a good bet to produce this week. Joe Mixon, I think, has a chance to be a beast. Uh, the Chiefs are allowing rushing yards uh, uh, you know, like nobody's business. Um, uh, and I think uh, Joe Mixon in general has, has just get, been getting a touches he's i think is the touches per game ranked fourth at the position 125.5 yards per scrimmage ranked eighth at the position so he's a beast throw him in there andy dalton has been uh you know andy dalton ish uh, for a lot of the year he's been qb 16 or lower in four of his six games but this is a week i think he has a really significant opportunity to spike 
Um, the Chiefs have allowed a, a top 11 quarterback to every passer they face outside of Case Keenum. Um, so, so he's definitely somebody I'm liking. Um, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, throw him in there, business as usual. I think um, C.J. Uzuma is a potential interesting sort of deep play on, at tight end. Maybe not even that deep, actually. Um, but uh, he, he's got six catches on seven targets a week ago. He has a favorable matchup against the Chiefs. Um, so I, he's another guy that I, I kind of like this week. Sure. And uh, on, on the Chiefs side, um, I, okay, is there anybody you're not playing on the Chiefs? I don't think so. I really don't. I think I think I'm loving obviously Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. I think those four guys in particular are going to spike. Uh, I mean, they're 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 every week automatics. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And 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 I you know I would throw in Sammy Watkins as well. So sure. So yeah, no, I think everybody's on there. <laughs> okay, easy enough there. And last game on the slate this week, uh, we have the Giants face the Falcons. In the Dome, down in Atlanta, both of these teams need a win badly or they're pretty much done for the year. Yeah, this is this is a huge game for both of them. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I, I like almost everybody in this game in the sense of, of everybody who you would play has is a good bet to produce a big game. I think Saquon Barkley is going to produce a big game. I think, uh, you know, uh, the the supposedly loud talker that, that needs to talk less and play more uh, Odell Beckham, I think, is going to play, um, and I think he's going to be an elite receiving options. Um, I think, uh, generally speaking, top receivers have all shredded uh, the Falcons this year. Um, uh, Mike Evans was the only one who kind of got slowed down by them a little bit, but Antonio Brown shredded them, A.J. Green shredded them, Michael Thomas roughed them up. So, so I think Odell Beckham bounces back and has a big week. Um, I think even, you know, as a potential streamer, obviously, if you can avoid it, please don't. But I think Eli Manning has something of a bounce back this week. Uh, Evan Engram is supposedly healthy and going to play. Uh, even Sterling Shepard potentially getting in there. So, so I'm kind of liking everybody to some extent um, to, to play against the Falcons. Yeah, fair enough. I, I mean, do you think, you think Eli is going to be able to get the ball to – Odell on more than a scream where he has to stiff arm six guys and make three jukes to get nine yards. Oh my God. I'm still looking at that catch where he, he caught a ball with one hand turning around facing the wrong way, then turning back around, destroying a guy and running for like 15 yards. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he can, I really do. I think, I think the Falcons defense is absolutely ravaged. I don't think Eli has to do that much in order to get, uh, get Odell balls that are not just screens. Um, I think the, he, they've allowed the, the Falcons have allowed top quarterbacks in each of their five, past five games. So it seems to be like no matter who's playing has a reasonable chance of being able to put together a reasonable week. Um, so I do think I do think that Odell has a big game here. Cool, cool, fair enough. I, I certainly hope so. I've got him in a league for sure, and I think a lot of people are getting getting a bit frustrated with him. And it's not him. You know, it's it's the classic. It's it's the it's the, you know, it's it's the classic reverse Costanza. Um, it's not him. It's them. You know what I mean? So, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully they can figure it out there. For Atlanta, I think it's pretty easy here. Uh, you're playing Matt Ryan for sure, who's just out of his mind right now. Um, Julio Jones for sure. Uh, it looks like, um, as of this recording anyway, it looks like uh, Calvin Ridley and Sanu are 
on track to play for this next week? Yes, yes they both, I believe they both are. Uh, Ridley is, I think, escaped with just a bruise, um, and he should be fine for this week. And I think uh, Sanu is on track as well. So I think Sanu is maybe a, a name to watch a little bit more in terms of making sure he keeps getting practices in. But, but I think they're both going to suit up, as I understand it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. And then uh, Austin Hooper has been on fire absolutely at the tight end position as well. Um, Let's talk about this running back core really quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, Devonta Freeman, unfortunately, is on the IR, so he is done. Moving forward, Tevin Coleman and Ito Smith, uh, looks like they're going to kind of be splitting those, you know, splitting those duties versus just one person. Over the years, when, you know, Devontae has gone down, it looks like Tevin Coleman kind of takes over as just that quote-unquote bell cow, but not this year. Looks yeah. like Ito Smith's getting plenty of work. Ito Smith's definitely getting the goal line work. He's able to get in the get in the end zone. Tevin Coleman has not been as beastly as he has been in the last couple of years. Um, do you – I mean, are you playing either of them? I mean, the, the talent is there for both of them. The opportunity is there. I'm just worried that they kind of – they kind of eat each other. Yeah, know? yeah. I think this week, I think I think you play Tevin Coleman for sure. I know he's been been trending in the wrong direction over the past several weeks. I don't think he's necessarily a league winning kind of caliber option that he was assumed to be once Freeman was inactive. But I still think, especially against a relatively porous defense like the Giants, I think he's a solid option this week. Um, Ito Smith, I think at this point, is more of a of a sort of a deep league play. I know people are saying that they might split time sort of evenly, but, but Ito Smith hasn't, has been kind of struggling a little bit. He has some touchdown production that sort of masked his, his overall performance, but he's really struggled to generate consistent yardage. Um, I don't necessarily think right now uh, that, that, that he's a guy that I'm overly into. I think Coleman should end up emerging as the better back. Um, but Smith, Smith could be somebody that you think about throwing out there if you're if you you know in a very deep league you really need some help at the running back position, um, but but I think you know Tevin Coleman I feel relatively comfortable deploying this week. Fair enough, appreciate it. Last note here: the buys for this week: Seattle Seahawks, Pittsburgh Steelers, Oakland Raiders, and the Green Bay Packers. That'll do it. Tomorrow, Daniel and I will be joined by Curly to talk about the week seven NFL picks, as well as check in with our fantasy teams. Remember to email us your start, sit, and keep trade cut questions to the TCK pod at gmail.com and DM us on the IG at the candlestick kids with the hashtag TCK pod. Make sure to follow the IG stories throughout the weekend as always for game day updates. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck in week seven. Make sure you're ready for that halfway point. And for Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.